Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about The Reunion Job, which aired on June 20th, 2010. It was directed by Jonathan Frakes, which goes back to when we were talking about Star Trek a minute ago. Uh, and it was written by two new members to the Leverage writing room. Their names are John Abood and Michael Colton. In this episode, when an Iranian hacker's work is stolen, the team goes to an unexpected place to locate the means to help. Is he related I, to Jungle? I don't think so. Okay. I did not look into that, but I don't know. I don't know. That's exactly what I was thinking was yeah. like, is, is he related to Jonathan Colton, who we love so much? Joko. Uh, Joko. One day we will go on the Joko cruise. Oh my gosh. We have yes. To. The house sold. I could go on it at any time now. Well, I mean, right. it happens once a year, but yes. Okay. Let's do it next year. Let's talk to him. Maybe he'll have it again for us. Just us. <laughs> so let's do it next year. That'll be fun. One on one. Joko, let's go. Whole cruise yeah. ship. Just us. Joko, let's go. That could be it. Oh, he loves the rhyme. <laughs> That'll be our hashtag when we go. Yes. Joko, let's go. Perfect. So, yes, this episode. Yes. Yes. You, let's you, you've, you've introduced it more. I've, I've not paid attention behind <laughs> not the guy's name. Keep going. <laughs> it's good. Hey everybody, this is Jen. Hey. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the reunion job. Let's do it. So we open with this really shaky cam footage of uh, this kind of, I don't know, somebody's apartment. After scene I was going to see, I was like, does this start with a weather report? No, there was one of those later. That's like a thing several times throughout this episode. I There's like shaky cam and... That is never the case in episodes of Leverage. Their like steady cam guy is the best. But um, I guess the, it was. Do you think he had the flu? Maybe he had the flu. Maybe I think it was a stylistic choice. Uh, it makes. I, I don't like that stylistic choice personally. Okay. Uh, it makes it seem like somebody was just filming it with their phone or something. They're but, like, I got this, guys. I got it. Oh, yeah. I didn't charge the camera. I got to use my phone. But there's a guy typing code frantically into uh, his computer in this small apartment. and with, with some, like, pretty stock racist music behind him. <laughs> like, yeah. obviously the guy might be from a different country, but wh why do we have to go with just, like, that stock music? We couldn't do, like, some T-Swift well, they're trying to give us some visual clues. We've got an Iranian flag on the like on the a wall. flag, music, flag, code. <laughs> it's very like pictures of his family, things like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're trying to tell us something. You know, a, a pictures worth a thousand. Not subtle. It's definitely not subtle. No. When has Leverage ever been accused of being subtle? Well, that's the grifter's job. She should be on that. <laughs> She doesn't know that this is the job yet. Oh, well, <laughs> that's why. When she's on so, it. So suddenly, while this guy's writing code, two masked men break in, beat him up, steal his computer, and they wipe it with, like, some weird magnet thing first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they, they just do that on the, the screen, though. Did you Which wonder why it was buffering during the shutdown? initiating shutdown but it's like buffering and i was like i don't understand 
Yeah. I've never had that on my screen, but a lot of shows have had that symbol on their screen before. <laughs> and I'm like, do they just not care that I'm on solitaire? I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> it doesn't do like a mass shutdown. I never restart my computer. I bet it would take that long for it to shut down at this time, at this point. It would. It would take a long time, I think, at this point. I just that's that's the fear. That's why I'll never shut it down. <laughs> I don't have time for that. No. So they knock him out and they, they take his computer with them. With a throat punch. With a... Th <laughs> <laughs> really? He's out. He's like sprawled out on his carpet. Yeah. Really bad for him. Um, so then we meet this hacker and his name is Cyrus... McGavi. McGavi. Nope. Nope. Okay. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> That's great because we do get a psych reference later. So um, we find out that his name is Cyrus McGavi, and he is a hacker who's, who is days away from cracking Manicore, which is the Iranian electronic surveillance that tracks dissidents um, and then uh, like through social media and things and locates them using GPS and shuts down any sort of protest against the Iranian government. And so not only has this, you know, code been taking this program that'll, you know, take it off, you know, take down Manticore and help the um, the people who are fighting the Iranian government. It also has isolated him from his family. He can't reach any of them safely. And the work that he's been doing violates his student visa for being here in the States. So he, he wants help. And, but he doesn't just, he doesn't want his data back. He just wants Manticore destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. And his people free. Yeah. And it was Tucker's family. It's gonna be we scary. He doesn't put that in there, but that's an added bonus. Well, yeah. I mean, his people are his family, so that's his true. family are his people. My 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 people are really the dog right now. <laughs> I this is really interesting. I think this is one of the first time. It's like the first time this season. This is only the second episode. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're right the first time this season that that what happens that was client, time this season are you talking about the intro no i mean what first time this season what happens the first time this season that a client comes to them at the bar mm -hmm. but i'm not gonna lie to you spoiler alert i think it might happen again <laughs> it's been a long day okay I worked two different jobs. I've um, made I've made five desserts. <laughs> but instead of Sophie being the other person who's with Nate to talk to the client, we have Hardison. Because I think we just had him in case the guy started talking computers. Well, yeah, but I think I think Hardison brought the client to them. Oh, that's true. That too. I mean, because uh, it's you know, and this is his world. It is commission based. I'm explain him. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Hardison makes more of the profit on this one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Nate ends the little interview with Cyrus by saying, oh, you know, we'll we'll discuss it, which automatically gets Hardison all riled up. Yeah. And he defends I him. Mean, he it's not watch. their game. Yeah. He's like, uh, taking down spies? That's not really what we do. And he's like, um, it's exactly what we do. We we help the good guys yeah. be the bad guys. Like, it's... It's in, no, it's, in our mission it's in our mission statement. Come on. I wrote it right here in our business cards, Nate. Um, and and then we then we have Elliot lurking in the background. Lurking Elliot. 
<laughs> saying that, yeah. yeah, saying that Cyrus wasn't hit by the Vezerat, uh, which is what they're calling the kind of secret service spy people from um, Iran here. Did you look that up? Is it Bezerat? Because I wrote it as Bess Carrot. <laughs> A question um, mark. I, I, I did look it up. It was Bezerat, V-E-Z-A-R-A-T. That's better than what I wrote down. I was like, look this up later. I didn't. <laughs> and Elliot points out that if if it had been the Bezerat who had attacked him and taken the computer, he would not be around to talk to them anymore. Yeah. Which is creepy. And then we get this hilarious thing where they're just like were you just lurking over there <laughs> and Elliot's like yeah I mean that's what I do that's I'm my thing. it's my thing it's <laughs> what I'm into yeah <laughs> and then Nate says he just wanted Hardison to illustrate why they were going to help Cyrus and Hardison tells him that he's he feels you know how I feel about mind games negatively which is great because that plants a seed for just about everything else that happens in this episode but which i didn't really appreciate until like my second or third time watching it i literally didn't appreciate it until you explained it to me right now i was like oh wait i even wrote that down <laughs> yeah mind games hardison doesn't like he's negative about mind games <laughs> what mind blown now right yes game over and then we get a nice little elliot smirk and he because he smirks and he lurks Aww. that's what he does that's on the all part of his quirks. Oh, it could, be a, oh. it could be a rhyme, but I don't know if that actually does. It'll, I'll work on it. We can make a limerick out Ooh, of it. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> when they all meet back up, they they have to make sure, um, even though they're they're pretty sure it's it wasn't the Vezerat, it wasn't actually the Iranians who came in and took the computer they still have to make sure that nothing's happening through them so they have to go check out a local safe house that they know about which is hidden inside a restaurant so yes. hardison and elliot go in pretending to be health department officials boston health department yes doing a spot inspection and they <laughs> sophie's in there and she has to deal with a roach on her plate <laughs> Which yes. I believe was a Madagascar hissing cockroach um, and not like a regular roach. I, no I don't roach know. should be regular roach. They should no, roach no roach is good roach, but Madagascar his, hissing cockroaches cannot fly. And um, you think they crawl there from Madagascar? No, um, they get in like boxes and ship over, but they're usually kept as pets. So this was somebody's pet. And they do make a little hissing noise. I've met some in real life. I'm still not a big fan, but... I don't know if you'll ever be one. I'm not going to lie. It's not something that you'll just, like, eventually enjoy, like, country music or anything. How do, you, how do they hiss? Are they hissing, like, um, in fear? N they, yeah, they kind of hiss out of aggression to kind of, like, mi mimic, like, the sound of a snake or, like, a rattle or something. Um, but it's really soft. It's just, like, a shh sound. So, yes, there's a Madagascar hissing cockroach. But, so I looked up mm -hmm. the advertisement behind Sophie. Okay. The Kofé Beringi. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce it. Which is $4.95. It's listed on their lunch portion. It sounds delicious. Ooh. All right? Ooh, tell me what it is. Okay, let me tell you about these. these they're rice meatballs. Um, 
It's yes. a one meal dish made with rice, meat, yellow split peas, and finely chopped herbs, including turmeric and saffron, rolled <laughs> in the balls and served with a fried onion and tomato soup. My mouth is watering. I would like that to sounds- eat that. Delicious. Four nine. No, no wonder when Parker breaks in in a second, she says it smells great in here. I know. I was den like, of evil. I need to go eat this dish. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'm going to find it. I'm sure you can find it. Yes, Sophie's not excited about this having to have this roach near her, and it's uh, ruined her she leash, which I couldn't find what that was. <laughs> because I, I re- literally just typed out she leash and I got some weird <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> so if any of your listeners are from Iran and know what this is, could could they, this is, I don't know how podcasts work. Do they just text you? This yes. Is, like when I add all these questions to it, do they just text you? No. The responses? I just yes, imagine. They, do. they just come up to me and, and, on the street. No, go ahead and <laughs> tweet at me at librariansty anytime. Don't tweet at me. I don't have one. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll pass it along to her. So yeah. And we just have Elliot working again at, at Sophie this time. And she's annoyed and she tells him she's going to get back at him for this. And then my next note is the synchronized gum chewing is a plus. Really? Because, really, I noticed that when they came in, I was like, God, you guys are really living it up. Like, look at this, like, part of this Bostonian. They really are. Exaggerating chewing gum. And they were, yeah. So they're going around and docking them for everything, like, the the off-temperature shawarma and everything. And just, like, synchronized gum chewing. It's just good. Uh, meanwhile, Parker is somersaulting into the back office since they've locked the doors and they're all in the front being interviewed by the health inspectors. Into the most cleaned off desk I've ever seen. Who has a desk yeah. that has absolutely nothing on it? Not I. No, I was like, is it, are they going to sell this? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they just had a big platter of something there and they moved it. Maybe. Maybe it was the meatballs. I mean, God, they're, they're, they'd be selling like hotcakes. My God. <laughs> Or like meatballs. I don't know how the saying works there. Like meatballs, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, oh, we also get to see for the first time the interior. Oh, um, oh she says. Of the new. Person, confiscate some pan- uh, some pa- uh, pastries. Yes. Perfect. No, I want some pastries. Um, and Nate's watching all this from inside the new Lucille, which we saw the a new Lucille in uh, the last episode. But this one is like the super new and improved. You think this is like Lucille 2? This is like Lucille 3 because they blew up Lucille 1 at the end of season 1. I know, but like, I was making it like an Arrested Development reference there. Um, I miss that. I'm so sorry. I got it now. I got it now. (laughs) But the interior of Lucille the van is so pretty. She's like blue and yellow and I love it. Um, Or not one that they noted. What? No smell. No smell. Not yeah. yet. And Parker is unable to find the manticore. Or Parker hacks them into the computer and it, they can't find the manticore program on there at all. So they haven't, you know, they actually weren't the ones who stole it from Cyrus. Instead, she finds payment records. Uh, d- then the last one was dated three weeks ago. Who keeps payment records that old? Uh, that is amazing. 
I, don't I mean, know. it's all online, so it's not like you can really throw it away like I do my bills, but still. Yeah. I don't know. It, everything was very diligently kept in that, that, that folio with the manticore symbol on it. Yeah, it's like a menu. It was so a menu. Obvious. Uh, also, the dishwasher that Elliot finds and says, look at these dirty hands. He was actually one of the prison extras from the last episode. Oh. So apparently his parole is not going so well. Dang. No, he has a job now. Do you know how hard it is for ex-cons to find jobs? Yeah, but now he's like working in a criminal enterprise again. No, he's dishwashing. I mean, he's not washing his hands, but he's washing those dishes. He's dishwashing at a front for the Iranian secret police. Christine, I think they still make food there. Well, they- there was a smell, and that smell was not corruption. <laughs> Our wonderful spices. <laughs> you gotta serve the people something. <laughs> gotta start somewhere, I guess. Yeah. So they realize that these payments that the Iranians have been paying have been to Dubertech, who is, which is run by this dude named Larry Duberman, which is like the worst name ever. Um, a man who literally wrote the book on digital database security. Literally, he, they mentioned it a couple times. Literally, like, there is a book and Hardison is holding it. He has a copy. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably signed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. If it, if it wasn't at the beginning of the episode, it was at the end. <laughs> He's a fan. And I'm not, not that big of a fan that we're not going to take this guy out. No. So as Hardison is going through Duberman's history and setting everything up for everyone, Elliot is pouring and preparing tea for Sophie as she, like, pats him on the arm and says thank you or like says something and then he does something else and gets him gets him some sugar gets her sugar sugar he squeezes the lemon just little things that she says prompts him to do these other things to make the tea and he doesn't even notice and finally parker's like why is elliot making new tea did you brainwash him again <laughs> she says no it was, it's neuro-linguistic programming which they've mentioned before in the um, the episode where they faked a an epidemic. Yes, they they did some neuralistic neural linguistic programming in that, and I will link to the Wikipedia article on this. But it's, on how they do it, it's not on sort of on just like what it is and kind of how it's supposed to work, but something that jumped out to me is that it's a scientific review state that NLP is based on outdated metaphors of how the brain works that are inconsistent with current neurological theory and contain numerous factual errors. Uh, so, so does hypnosis though, but when so, it works, it works. It yeah. Works. I feel like I believe in NLP with a grain of salt. I like to believe in it. I think some people are very highly suggestible and sure. I don't see why it couldn't work. Yeah. Hardison's still working throughout this whole thing. He's, and he explains that Nate jumps in. So Duberman is selling technology to embargoed companies. And because he's doing that, he doesn't have to pay taxes because he's not actually supposed to be selling to these people. So it's not on the books. Mm-hmm. And so they've got to get in to, to his offices to take down the server that hosts Manticore. And it's only in one place. But if they take it down there, it will take down all of Manticore. Um. And then 
Well, Nate is kind of formulating his plan for how they're going to get in. He asks if anybody has ever trimmed a bonsai. And then we get the first of many jokes in this episode that I did not appreciate. Elliot, why are you such a creeper to make this that like? Yeah, there, there are several times in this episode, and I think kind of the subject matter later of like our setting kind of leads to some juvenile humor, but I don't really think, I didn't like it at all. No. At all. And this one was like probably the second worst one for me. And he did something in Japan and I was like, I don't know if I like offended as a woman and it's slightly racist. I just yes. feel like I need to punch you yes, and I like, wouldn't do a great job at it. No, but it would be justified. Yeah. And and yeah. he kind of was like hesitant to say it. He's like, well, uh, I yeah. have. And you're just like, no, how is this appropriate? No. Why are you saying this? Ew. Gross. Like, Sophie, could you program this out of Elliot? <laughs> yes. Get on that. Yeah. Uh, but really what Nate means is that they're going to use a bonsai tree to get into Dubertech headquarters where Elliot bumps into Duberman and getting him to grab and drop this bonsai tree planter. And then they can take his print off the, the planter. Now that you're like looking at Duberman for the first time, really getting a full 360 of his personality and his body, do you not think he is a possible love child of Pee Wee Herman and Victor Garber from Alias? Holy shit. Victor Garber, who you once saw on a train? Who I once saw on a train? Yes. Um, <laughs> and I got a great photo with. <laughs> you did. And then what's the next need to figure out what his name was. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. That man is totally the love child of Pee Wee Herman and Victor Garber. Yes. Right. We should tell him. While being almost the same age as both of those men. Well, he's like a he's like a cousin of their distant family members in the tree. No, it works. It's work. I don't I don't. It's worked out. Leverage. I don't need logic. It's fine. Yeah. That's amazing. So Hardison and Parker use the fingerprint that they pull from the planter and the, the card that they picked from his pocket and they get into his private office. Past the which... puppets ever. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Where they walk right by it. I remember I was like, God, what oh, they did they... puppets. And they kind of linger on it for a second, which helps you remember it later. But no, they are very creepy. Um, but they get into his office, which is a time capsule of an office this is i once did an escape room that was based on a 1980s rec room and it looked almost exactly like this set really yeah it was really cool were you there as a baby it was not was i just was wondering how accurate it was that's i mean that's you know it would have been luckily i had a grown-up brain but (laughs) they have the they employ this the shaky cam technique again in this, which I'm still like, why? This makes me feel really discombobulated. It's fine. He was just having an off day. Um, he was laughing so hard. He's <laughs> or he had Tourette's. I don't know. Either one. What are you drinking, by the way? Oh, sorry. I am drinking an Austin East Cider. They're, um, you've had Austin East Ciders, right? No. They're, they're hard ciders. Or they're just like ciders, but it is the Texas Brute Super Dry Cider. 
Well, gosh, is it, how dry is it? Like, do you need a spoon? I don't need a spoon, but I do have an extra glass of water next to it. Nice. It's a refresh. They also have a rosé right now that's very good. All the way. All and the, the blood orange one is good, too. Boop, 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 boop. Right. Time capsule of an office. It's a throwback to the 80s. And they discovered that the server that's running Manticore is literally the oldest computer. Okay, not the oldest computer because it's sitting on a desk and not taking up three rooms. But the tech he's using to um, that Hardison uses to try to hack into it to get through the several layers of passwords uh, throws up some red flags downstairs so they have to hurry up and get out of there. And he's manages to figure out like five or so of the passwords, but not the rest. And then they have to get out of there. It is also on a floppy disk. It that is, I looked up. Which, like, and it's a five and a quarter inch floppy disk. They didn't come out to the three and a half inch until 1987. So it probably wouldn't have been on there. So we're going back to 1985. And it holds 360 gigabytes, which I don't know what that means. Gigabytes? With a K. Kilobytes? No. Nope. That can't be it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a gigabyte? No, I think that you're right. It's ridiculous. It's, um, no, no, there's a, such a thing as a gigabyte. Is it really? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the floppy disk holds, I was trying to put it in terms I'd understand, and none of my Google things would translate. Like, how many songs can be held on this disk? Or, like, how many, <laughs> you know, like, documents? I couldn't figure that out. Hang on, let me I see. didn't take a long time to do no, it. That's right, that's right, that's right. But I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around a floppy disk. All I got was the size. Yeah, I guess KB is gigabyte. Is it Kiga? It is Kiga. You got it. Oh my gosh. I did not mean to question you. I'm so no, sorry. No, like you could 100% of just like, no, Jen, that was the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever heard. No. You know, I didn't look into it, so it's fine. Uh, so Hardison and Parker have to escape from Dubertech, and I guess there are no cameras between nope. between the office and where they hide because they don't find them later. Um, but they like sneak out in those creepy uh, masks and kimonos. Did take those with them. I mean, they're going to notice they're gone. They're large. How far did they go in those outfits before they like took them off? Because they couldn't be just like walking through the lobby. Well, it is it is like a like a theme there. I mean, but people probably would have recognized us from being on the wall, right? And the wall in his back office that no one sees. But there's like a hallway. I don't oh. know. I don't know. They, I think they threw them in a dumpster or a trash can as they walked by. What if that was art? It was. That was probably really expensive. Art. I know, right? Or like a really, really expensive like artifacts. Yeah. Because of the passwords that are used, Nate and Sophie immediately know that this is all based on high school. One was uh, like a locker combination in the end. They're like yeah. high school. The last one was the locker combination. And one of... Okay, we'll get to that joke in a second. Because I really like these lines where 
Elliot says, no one else thinks it's creepy that you can buy anyone's yearbook off the internet. Yeah. Hardis says, it's real cute how you still believe in privacy. <laughs> Which is something you can do. There are uh, services who will find people's high school yearbooks and you can buy them and they'll send them to you. I don't have is, mine. I don't think I have mine anymore. My mom was like, take these yearbooks. And I was like, I don't want them. Yeah. I have seen my high school yearbook for sale at Half Price Books before, though. <gasps> you just take that one. It's already full of, like, memorabilia in there, probably. I should have, like, opened it up to see if I knew who was going to. to. Yeah. Hey, Jim, you know, too cool to be forgotten. Yeah. They used to call me Jim in high school. Who knows? Stay sweet. <laughs> call me. I mean it. Don't go changing. <laughs> Don't stunt me in high school, okay? <laughs> Don't wish that upon me. Oh my god, no. So, do, do, do. Parker didn't go to high school, apparently. We're learning here. So she doesn't automatically know what the double D stands for in one of I the passwords. What? I explained it. I was like, what? You did not know what two Ds next to a girl's name stands for? No. Oh my god. You sweet sweet child. No. No, I'm very I'm very naive. Very naive. I wish that we could all remain naive because this was another one of the jokes that I was like, ew. Like ew. Like why, guys? Why? Like still I am artisan got gross on this one. And I was like, no. Talking about that, right? They're talking like detention or No. No, I had to look at that. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I was like, no. I'm sorry that this glass has been shattered for you, but yeah. So yeah, that was another gross joke. There's two for you. <sighs> so obviously Larry Duberman is obsessed with high school. And then I, this is another whole exchange that I love. <laughs> and Parker says she feels, she feels bad for the nerd. And <laughs> Elliot says, don't feel bad for this guy. Being bullied in high school is no excuse for propping up dictators. I wrote that I loved it. <laughs> Look at Hardison. He, picked, he got picked on his whole high school career and he's not a criminal. <laughs> and they're like, well, I mean, I am. And he's like, well, not a bad one. <laughs> and this is great because, and I'm just making this connection now, this season, Nate has fully embraced that he is a criminal, right? At the end of season one, he said, I'm Nate Ford and I'm a criminal. Um, in the first episode, when Sophie is talking to Nate in the prison, she says something along the lines of like, you know, imagine a world where everybody who did like a crime had to go to prison. That's like ridiculous. And then in this one, Elliot's you know, just brushing off the fact that Hardison is a criminal and like, yeah, but he's a good one They're So it's almost as if our criminals are not accepting that they're actually criminals and doing bad things. And Nate's like, I'm a bad guy now. <laughs> and it's just kind of this funny, like turning of the tables, which I really like. And then did you want to weigh in on the fact that he had a green Hornet versus green lantern figurine? Yes, that was great. I know. I was like, why would I would I would why is Green Lantern better? I like Green Hornet. And it would go more along with their like lifestyle, 
right? Yeah. Green Lantern was such a goody two-shoes. Even like Ryan Reynolds doesn't like that he did that role. <laughs> but he met his wife, so. He would have met her anyways. They're very attractive. They're just like constantly attracted to each other probably. Like True. magnets. Beautiful magnets. Beautiful magnets. That could be another rom-com right there. <laughs> Okay. Um, I was like trying to make a joke in my head and it wasn't working out. And I was like, I don't want to say those things out loud. Okay. So uh, Nate explains that Duberman is using a technique called the Roman room, which is a way to the mind palace or the memory palace. Yes. Yes. Like Sherlock's mind palace. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's where you take a place that you're intimately familiar with that you can associate with other things. And Nate demonstrates with the bar and Parker thinks that Nate has just given them his password. <laughs> but Hardison's like, no, I already have all his passwords. I've seen his Netflix queue. <laughs> and then they, he makes a psych reference. I know! I was which like, is awesome. That's like my show! Because, yes, because um, in earlier in whatever season of Psych was airing kind of alongside this, a character who's a con artist makes a leverage reference. What? Yeah. So they were like paying it back in kind. They're like, oh, we'll drop in a, a psych reference. I will now go through and rewatch all the episodes of psych tonight. There you go tonight. Okay. I got a lot of, I, I, the banana cream pie is just, is, is well, I'm going to eat that later. <laughs> Good. Oh, I'm so jealous of all your desserts. So, pardon me. So they've got to break into Duberman's Roman room which means they have to break into his high school, which Parker is really excited to do blindfolded, but they have to break, break into his high school in the 80s. Yes. Uh, which means they're going to have to, they're going to have to go steal a high school reunion, which Nate does not say and is very upsetting. But we get this amazing scene with Sophie that just like kind of moves this whole plot along because the high school reunion is supposed to be in eight months, but they don't have eight months to sit around and, wait for this to happen so sophie makes all of this happen in this amazing scene where she's just playing two different women on the phone back and forth like nudging and arranging and changing the dates and making this freaking reunion happen and it's beautiful and those two women are a stereotypical harsh boston gal and carol kane from scrooged I was like, what? Yes. 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 That's the voice. I was like, who is she supposed to be talking like? It's Carol Kane. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who knew she was from Boston and went to that school? I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my God. And then I love the other one. Like, I, I owe you a box of Corollas. Yeah. Yeah, like super stereotypical. Like, oh my gosh, so it's great. Um, Later, I was like, "Hold on, I gotta call you back. I'm getting into my car." <laughs> like, like I can't do it, obviously. But man, yeah, no, she's she's amazing, yeah. and her her like, body language changes whenever she's playing a different woman. Oh yeah, and she fully embodies those characters, and it's great. So because. As Hardison told us earlier, he's kind of being passed by 
uh, all of these new technologies that are coming out, Dieberman is losing money. And so he decides, well, I'll just charge the Iranians more money. So he yeah. he goes ahead and charges them double their original price, which is a really good thing to do to like an evil government organization. Yeah, and and beat up somebody. Yeah. When they kind of balk at the the price the price, he he just threatens that he's gonna turn over sensitive information that he has of them to the FBI because they're also clients. Though somebody pointed out in somewhere that the FBI handles national cases and it would be the CIA handling international cases. So he doesn't know that though. Yeah. He's yeah. threatening. They don't need to be exactly. accurate. Exactly. And then while he's on Skyping with these guys, the alumni committee calls and uh, to let him know about the new reunion date. And he just hangs up with them. I'm so sorry, dangerous like, men. Oh. I must hang up with you guys to talk to my old high school. Exactly. Much more important. And he's like, yeah, no, I could definitely make that, even though this coincides when with when I'm supposed to meet with these Iranians. And, and he has this evil villain monologue where they you know, zoom in really tight on his face. And he's like, you know, I've done all of these amazing things. I have a yacht with a squash court. I've spoken to presidents and heads of state. I've spoken at Davos. Um, but what's all that worth if I can't rub it in their faces? I love that he starts with the squash court, though. I think he ended with the squash court. I started I with know, it. He just started off. He just started big. I don't even know how to play squash. I know how to eat it. <laughs> Does that count? Sure. Squash is delicious. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so the team has set up this reunion and this is where it's all going to go down. And we do, you know, we're, we're here at the reunion. Parker is working catering. So she's there and they're putting cameras everywhere to kind of catch everything that's happening. Hardison is in Lucille where he's going to be running recon on all of the people who are there. And he gets super into it because Hardison gets super into everything. And we we find out what he did instead of going to prom, which is great and harkens back to season one. Uh, so he is shown in like big old braces and huge glasses hacking into the Bank of Iceland to pay for his Nana's medical bills. So sweet. <sighs> which is which is why he's probably why he's wanted in Iceland which is what Sterling says about him in season one. Oh, good throwback there. Yeah. But I love when, I love when Parker says, look at all these ugly, awkward people in ugly outfits. <laughs> That's so true. If you look at pictures from that time era, that time era, that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Elliot, of course, is grumpy because he doesn't get to go to the party. He has to be on goon patrol at Dubertech where he punches out Duberman's assistant Right there in front of the building. Yep. There are no cameras. There are no security guards who walk by and find this man in the bushes. Nope. nope. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. The security's exactly. from the 80s. Um, and then, you know, they say, oh, or Hardison's like, well, you, what were you, like a quarterback in high school, Mr. Popularity? And then we have what I, what is the most upsetting joke for me? of the upsetting jokes in this episode, which we get Elliot's flashback to high school where he is taking a home ec class. And you're like, yay. Cause we know Elliot loves to cook and stuff. He's taking home ec. 
and his his jock friends are saying oh quarterbacks don't take home ec and he's like i've got my reasons and his reason is his teacher who is wearing a very low-cut shirt who is pressing her boobs up against his arm to teach him how to properly cut a vegetable i think she's just saying stupid like knives are like people they are not like people well that's he says that earlier he says knives are like people it's all about the context so we we learned that he has this philosophy not from something that's violent but something that you know is from like a gentle point of like you know origin but um like super creepy like Mm -hmm. a, a grown woman a teacher should not be leaning up against a teenage boy like that like that's super predatory and just gross and she's probably been arrested yeah (laughs) like as someone who works with teenagers like that is so uh and it's supposed to be like you know this fantasy but it's not it's not good it's bad oh yeah so that was the most upsetting of the jokes for me there are some other ones that come up but (sighs) okay yeah so back at the reunion, Sophie is playing Grace Pelts, uh, Pizza Face Grace Pelts. And we see a flashback to Hardison doing all the hard work of photoshopping her and putting her onto a yearbook page, it out, putting it into the binding of this yearbook. He does so much work. Can he cut out those pages? He did. Like, like putting it in the binding, like getting it to stick in there. Yeah. That blows my mind. So she sees Duberman when he comes in and he's being greeted by everybody and everyone's fawning all over him. And he's being like totally schmarmy about it. And she's, you know, she's like, oh, and she is flirting up a storm with him and she reminds him who she is. And she's touching him with her little purse and all this stuff. And they're flirting and having a great time until she sees drake mcintyre the reveal of drake mcintyre is so good it is so good because it is nate yeah as a total burnout (laughs) he's wearing a jean jacket with buttons on it socks and sandals Socks socks and sandals his fly is down everyone is still excited to see him everyone is psyched to see this man they're mobbing him as he comes yeah, in. past it. Um, like, he has his flight out, and they're like, Drake McIntyre! XYZ! And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, so we we get to see that when they're planning how they're going to do the, the reunion, that they say, Sophie says, every, you know, every person thinks they're the hero in their own story and they have a villain like who's the villain here and nate just points out a guy who looks like he'd be like the smart aleck uh class clown who runs the school and he's like yeah that guy uh, i could i could pass as him and i think he kind of physically does look like that i guess yeah. the hair especially i love hardison using social media to give him like little tidbits so he can know what to do or how to talk to him. Don't you think they followed Drake all these years too and know that like maybe he looks a little different? I don't know. 
I don't know. So we're getting like, I think this is like on the cusp of like when social media was still new enough that not a lot of people had it. When did this come out? Um, this was 2010. Okay. Yeah. So like older generations didn't use it as much as like college age kids. I think this is like almost the end of the time where this, this kind of storyline would, would play, would work. Cause we're also used to seeing every moment of our high school people's lives on social media, whether we want to or not. Oh yeah. Hardison is pulling up all these backstories and gossip on everybody. That's great. Cause like the one person that Hardison can't find anything about is this dude named Schmitty who shows up and expects Drake to know him. Uh, and it's who's this guy is actually played by Paul F. Bernard, who is a producer. Um, oh, Schmitty. Schmitty. Luckily, Parker can steal his yearbook because he brought his yearbook to the I reunion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there was something in there, there were that. A couple signatures he forgot to get. Hmm? There were like a couple signatures he probably forgot to get. Oh, yeah. He's like, I just needed to cross you off. I gotta, gotta get that. Mm-hmm. You said here that at our reunion, we couldn't make out. And uh, I just want to know if you were still into that. Written. Yeah. I got it notarized. I got got it notarized. I was about to say that. Great. (laughs) So Sophie's job is to get Duberman to his Roman room, which is the hallway, the main hallway of the high school. And Nate manages to get himself out of all of his fans to go terrorize him into revealing the password. And uh, just as... Duberman kind of stands up to Drake McIntyre and he starts to tell the story of how he was embarrassed in the library. Uh, a new contender enters the scene. The, um, the very seductive Nikki shows up and the cheerleader, the cheerleader. And she's like all up on everybody. And Hardison can't figure out who this girl is. This woman is. And she takes, Drake slash Nate aside and they're making out in a broom closet and he's trying to brush her off. So she shoves him into a bunch of shoving him against every locker ever and throws him in a broom closet. Yeah. Um very she she like she pushes him through all these mobs and he can't get past to get back out. This is a real high school, by the way, that they're shooting in. Oh really? Mm Mm-hmm. And the the lobby, and I think the the other part, a lot of the other parts of Dubertech, uh, are a community college that's really close by. They're like next door to each other. Which one do you think smelled more like Axe? Oh, the high school, probably. Yeah, that was like a great high school. It's like quintessential old high school. Like oh yeah. She locks Nate into the broom closet and heads back for Duberman. And this whole time, Parker's just relieved that she didn't go to high school because this sounds awful but she is carrying so many chicken wings <laughs> she is parker is just doing a lot in this episode she is working it she really is yeah i hope she uh, got tips oh my gosh yes do you tip yeah. the caterer though i don't know i don't think so i've never tipped a caterer i hope you're not supposed to because i have been a lot of places that have caterers like weddings mm. Mm. i don't know any mm-hmm. caterers out there, can you tweet us <laughs> the answer to this question? Do we tip yes, you? caterers, should we be tipping you? Yeah. I just okay. found out recently that I'm, you should leave a tip in a hotel room when you leave. And I feel horrible for not ever doing that. I have not done that either. 
Yeah. So that's a thing you should do, apparently. Um, sometimes do you do it like, at the beginning or at the end? At the end. I know, but like, if you do what it at the different beginning, cleaning people, huh? What if it's different cleaning people every day who clean your room? Well, either way, I'd rather have them clean it nice for the next time I'm going to actually stay in it than the time I'm like leaving and like, make sure you make this one real nice. Well, you, don't, you don't tip your waitress at the beginning of your meal. I Maybe you don't. <laughs> How else am I going to get those like mozzarella sticks? <laughs> okay, so Nikki has shown back up. She takes Duberman off of Sophie's hands by spilling wine all over her. And it's insane, awful. yeah. Yeah. Elliot's yeah, still gonna... back in the office trying to put in passwords. He is able to get payroll, and that's about it. And he's complaining about chess players getting trophies. Uh, when the Iranians start to break into the office. Fine. Yay, with like a blowtorch. Yay. Good thing they brought that with them. Mm-hmm. It's always handy to have one of those in the car. I, mean, I just keep it in my glove compartment at all times. I mean, like that or if you need to brulee something. Mm-hmm. Always nice. Oh, love a brulee. <laughs> Are there other kinds of brulee besides creme? You can brulee like a, like a meringue. Okay. Okay. Or like a baked Alaskan, which I actually do think it's just a meringue. I think you could just brulee. I like, have you, I don't know if you've had this before. It's called a s'more. But is that called bruleeing or is it just called roasting a marshmallow? <laughs> I mean, what is roasting a marshmallow, but bruleeing it? With a real big flame. Yeah. Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Baker's. Tweet it, Christina. <laughs> Christina, get back to me. Okay. Parker breaks Nate out of the broom closet, and uh, they find out that Nikki is not actually actually an alum. She is an assassin. She's a hired gun that was hired by the Iranians, who have decided because Duberman screwed them over, they're going to kill him and take Manticore. Oh yeah. So they've got to split up and find Duberman before she can kill him. And Elliot gets to fight the Iranians a lot. These dudes do not go down. They don't. Especially the older guy. He's like unstoppable. No, he's got so much energy. It's really upsetting because Elliot's usually like a one and done kind of dude. Yeah, like one punch, you're out. Yeah. TBI. K.O. Exactly. Hope you have good insurance because you're going to need a CT scan. Yeah. Is that what you get for a, a concussion? It'll help. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um, Sophie finds Nikki and Duberman in the locker room just as Nikki's about to shoot him with a silencer that she had up her dress on her leg, like in her garter, I guess. Yeah. Why, why and then you put those things together already? Yeah. Well, it's kind of long. Well, like, why does it have to, like, squiggle on? Like, do they have silencers that just, like, flip on? Like, click, 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 click? I don't know. That's how I imagine guns work, right? Sophie fights Nikki slash Miranda. And And Lieberman runs out of there, leaving her to defend herself. Yeah, it's cool. Like, she's got it. He would be of no help. She's a fire extinguisher, at least. Um, Somewhere it said this was, like, the first time she's fought a villain, which is not true because she, like, Headbutted a dude 
uh, in the yeah, first mean, episode of season two when they were trying to do dude too. I mean, what? Who hasn't had a dude before? I know, but I don't want this to be like the first time she ever fought a villain when she fought a villain in the second season. Mm. Them to recognize how badass Sophie is. She is. Yeah. Like, can your mother sew? Stitch this. And then she headbutted it. Boom. Yeah. And then, strangely, Sophie has some, like, deep-seated hate for cheerleaders, which I think is strange because I don't think they have cheerleaders in England. I think they do. I just remember an episode of Coupling where there was pom-poms. Oh, man. Then is that a reference to Coupling? It could have been. I don't remember who was... You know, I might be getting coupling and friends mixed up now. Yeah, I think you're thinking of friends. Hmm. I watch a lot of British TV and I don't think I've seen cheerleaders. Same. Because they don't have football. They don't have well, they do. football. Well, they don't have American football. They do. Yeah, they have, exactly. They don't have American basketball. I don't know. Huh. European football and rugby and stuff, they don't really lend themselves to cheerleaders. You're right. Yeah. So I don't understand where this hatred comes from. So that's weird. And then Nikki runs off and she's chasing Duberman still. And Nate gets in the way uh, and distracts her until Parker can show up and tase her, which yeah. is we're, we're two for two on the tasers per episodes in this season. So we're going to count the tasing in this, this season. Perfect. Part- I love it. I know. I'm excited. Awesome. I should be chart. Yes. Um, and then Duberman is, you know, very thankful that Drake has saved his life and mentions that, oh, you weren't actually the worst person to me in high school. The worst person was actually Pat, blah, blah, blah. And Drake. Pat Brander. There we go. Pat Brander. And Nate makes the mistake of using a male pronoun when Pat Brander was actually Patricia Brander, who gave him a wedgie in Mrs. Zavransky's class. And so he knows that he's not actually Drake and he pulls the gun on him. What? And Sophie comes out of a classroom to say, you know what? Grace Peltz was a fictional character too, just created to flatter your ego. And they tell him, they go from like being like, oh no, don't shoot us to like, whatever, you're the worst. And we're here to take your business down for hurting Cyrus. Um, and that as soon as they put in his password, they're going to destroy Manticore. But Superman's like, ah, ha ha ha, I'm going to change the password right now and you won't know what it is. And he puts it in uh, and he types in Badger85. He Which didn't is what think they of like anything else. Like he could have literally used his name, his dog's name. Dude, I'm like, make the A of four. <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, Talk about one of the letters. Yeah. Um, and this is this is before like your password must have a number and an, a punctuation mark. Yeah, an uppercase and a lowercase. Yeah, this must be at least ten letters long. Uh, you know, because they, cause they wanted to change it. Those days. Hmm? 2010, those were the good old days for those right. passwords. And this guy was like leading the way in database yeah. security. So, woo. Yeah. Woo. Um, yeah. So 
it, this is sweet because Elliot punches out the the last of the Ira- Iranians really fast with his elbow and uh, he puts in Badger 85. And then he goes to delete Manticore, just like Hardison showed him, which um, we've seen several instances of this now of Elliot knowing how to use computers better because of his friendship and relationship with Hardison. So sweet. And it, it's beautiful. <sighs> so... Um, yeah. And then they say, they tell Duberman, just like in high school, you can be pushed around. And then there's a, this beautiful montage of all of the ways that they put Badger 85 in around him to suggest it to him as a password. And he gets all upset. He's like, you hacked me. You got inside my head. Yeah, we did. <laughs> he runs off with the gun. And they're like, just running off with the gun. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Like like you do. And they're like, but we we did save your life. <laughs> so then he runs into a gym with a gun, which is uh, just a normal thing in an American high school, upsettingly. Um, and then he does have a bit of a breakdown. But luckily, yeah. the police have already been called. Not even police. FBI agents are there. Yeah, because he says, I'm going to call the police. And they're like, they're already on the way. Psych. Upgraded to the FBI. Yeah, because they got a tip slash email from Hardison, um, as well as the ledge the ledger from the cafe, uh, which means Duberman's going to be put away for a long while, and Cyrus gets to see his family again, which is so sweet. Sweet, and the you know the resistance can continue and their protests can go forward safely. And finally, I really I thought this was really cute at the very end. Nate and Sophie, or uh, Drake McIntyre and Grace Peltz are named King and Queen of the Reunion. <laughs> Which Nate thinks Hardison rigged and Hardison says, I could rig elections, but I don't and I did not rig this one. Yeah. And Parker's like, I didn't even know there was a King and Queen. <laughs> I know. What's wrong with these people? So they have to go, they have to do this awkward dance and it's so realistically awkward. Like it just felt really real. Mm-hmm. Both to like uh, Nate and Sophie and to like how Grace Peltz and Drake McIntyre would act to each other, I think, um, which is great. And, yeah. and then Parker has no reason to be up in the ceiling like that on- She has every reason, that's Parker. <laughs> she doesn't need to be up there. She but she, like, she comes down with her little harness and she's like floating off the floor. She's like, so is this what high school's like? And she and Hardison dance and it's really cute. And then, oh, poor Elliot. But this goes back to my whole theory that if Tara stuck around, he could have danced with Tara. Oh, he could have. Mm-hmm. She's much taller than him. Fine. Um, it's fine. He wears it. It's fine. It works That's out. true. He wouldn't have minded. Do you ship Elliot and Tara? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I knew this about you. No, I, I brought it up before. We, um, I think I, they should, they should I, have gotten along. I blocked this from my memory. Tara is a hitter. She also fights. Um, yeah. And she's a grifter. She's Tara's amazing. And I do miss Jerry Ryan, but I'm very happy Sophie's back. Yes. Oh, God, yes. And and Elliot is being a little piss pot at the end of this. And then he punches the guy again. Yeah, he's kind of hitting a man while he's down. That's so, not great. He's not a good guy, so. But you don't really know. Maybe he's okay. Um, He was aiding and abetting Duperman with the Iranians. 
I, he was a he was a sidekick henchman. Okay, who was very cognizant of what his boss was doing and was letting him and helping him do it. That is true. Yeah. So, any any final thoughts on this episode before we go on to the high slate? It's a good one. I missed my high school reunion. You missed it or you didn't go? Oh, I just didn't go. Yeah. And this is the 20 year. Are we coming up on 20 years? No. No, we're so no, we're very young. (laughs) Four years from now? Four years from now will be our 20th. Yeah. Um, I skipped my tenure uh-huh. because my friends and I looked at the the RSVP list and we're like, well, I don't want to see any of those people. I do want to see you. And so we just had a little reunion at my parents' house in our backyard. And it was also like a like a little memorial service because a friend of ours had died um, like recently. Do you think you'll go to your 20 year anniversary? I didn't recognize anyone that was at my tenure. My okay. class was so big. It was like 700 and something. Yeah. Yeah, mine was 666. But I recognize a lot of the people. I don't know. I could not find one. Okay. But what I did find mm-hmm. was a lot of things. When you type in high school reunion cons, there's a lot of cons out there reasons why you shouldn't go to your high school reunion (laughs) also if you type in high school reunion heist or murder there's a lot of books out there or subjects on this matter like fiction books that are heists during a high school reunion they're fake a lot of awesome and i found a lot of you have them do you have them pulled up name a few I didn't have them pulled up. I was just going through them all. And then I would be like, buy something author. I was like, oh, dang it. I thought this was a real one. Back to the bed. Literally, there's like, just type in just like murder, high school reunion. So many. Oh, I've seen like murder. Like, um, bank robbery, high school reunion. I was going back and forth. Grifter, high school reunion. Um, oh, terrible true stories in high school reunion. And then I just got like the saddest high school reunion stories you've ever even imagined. <sighs> no, I don't want to. So I want I all Shakespearean stories to be gross point blank, which is one of the best movies ever. I was thinking more Romy and Michelle. Romy and Michelle is great, but have you seen Gross Point Blank? I haven't actually. It is it is when I fell in love with my husband John Cusack. Okay. So John Cusack has to go home to Gross Point, Michigan. Is that where Gross Point is? I don't know. Um, no, his hometown. Hmm? It's in blank. All right. <laughs> um, he has to go home uh, to his hometown, and it coincides with his high school reunion to do one last job because he's an assassin. Oh. And when he gets there, he discovers, spoiler alert, his target is his ex-girlfriend's dad. <gasps> his ex-girlfriend, Minnie Driver, who he... <gasps> just stood up on prom night and never he never came back what like he had this existential crisis on prom night and he ditched her and he left town and he joined the military and then he uh became an assassin and it it is so good jeremy piven is in it um 
Oh, who's her dad? Is it Dan Aykroyd? Is Dan Aykroyd? Thank you. Uh, it is uh, Joan Cusack. His sister is in it, and she plays his assistant, and it's so good. Um, it's just wonderful. This is great. She put some little. It is wonderful, and it's full of so many great quotes. So, oh, yes, definitely, you should watch that. Yeah, but on the list. Um, excellent. And now I want to watch rewatch Romeo and Michelle, which I watched pretty recently, I think. So my high slight is about a woman who conned her high school reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of going, she didn't want to go, uh, as we, neither of us wanted to, uh, she hired a stripper to go in her place. So comedy writer, and this happened back, um, this happened in 2009. So like right before this episode came out in April. Um, and they, they mentioned that they kind of pulled some info, some inspiration from this story. So comedy writer, uh, Andrea Walkner. I uh, hated the idea of going to her 10-year high school reunion so much that she hired a stripper to go instead. And so she, similar to the Leverage crew, she had cameras and mics, and she was in a hotel room upstairs from the event, and she coached <laughs> the stripper through all of her interactions with people so that she could believably play Andrea. So she'd be like, oh, that's da-da-da, and like give her background information on all the people. And some people uh didn't didn't buy it, didn't believe that it was her, like the like the drama nerd who went off to New York City to go to NYU. Uh, they didn't believe that it was her, but some people did buy into it, and she even got propositioned to come do a private show in someone's room. Yeah. Um, and she apparently made a 40-minute documentary about it. Oh. Yeah, but it says because of issues surrounding its length and getting approval to show it from former classmates, it may never be seen. <laughs> so I don't know if it ever got actually made. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but it says, you know, she, it doesn't mean that Hollywood doesn't come knocking. So she she wrote a feature film script based on her story, is trying to sell a reality show TV, a TV show from it. And she was on a bunch of like news networks like CNN and Good Morning America. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And some people were pretty, pretty angry with her. <laughs> She's like, I don't care. I don't yeah. like any of you. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. So yeah, that's crazy. And there is a promotional trailer about the documentary, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was great. It's hilarious. I'm going to try so, my yeah. documentary. I know. I wish, I hope it comes out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will link that article, which has the trailer in the show Perfect. notes. And so if you want to watch it, you can do that. All right. Yay. Okay. Any last thoughts before you get snowed in? No. No. And if <laughs> anyone has any thoughts, you just, Tweet them to Christina. Yes. Tweet them at me at librarianst on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you have any answers to the questions that we had that we did not research enough, <laughs> please feel yeah. free to uh, drop those in there. Thing. What, what exactly can a gigabyte hold? Um, what is the Leibniz 
or whatever uh, Sophie was eating. Yes. Oh, yes. And then send me the, oh, send me, if anyone's got a recipe for that meatball thing or a recommendation <laughs> of where I can eat it in Colorado. Yes. In Texas, if you've got one for Texas, you can tell me that too. Um, excellent. If you like, you don't have to, um, but if you want to leave a review on any of your podcast oh, places, on, like I do, um, you're totally, totally welcome to do that. I would not oh, be upset about that. Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I guess that's about it for us. Great. Yay. So uh, you won't see us again, but you'll hear us again when we come back to talk about the inside job. Lisa Lynn is coming back to talk about that one um, in two weeks after I put this episode up. Huzzah. Huzzah, indeed. Yeah. Right. That's it for us. All right. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Have we started? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Get your warm-up wiggles out of my way. Yeah, you gotta do something. A shimmy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>